Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. My, my mother would tell me, never, ever start a fight. She would tell me that's inappropriate. Even though we were in a litigious, violent city, she said, make sure you don't start a fight. But if the fight starts, she said, you make sure you finish it. You make sure you win. The, the challenge is that we're, as a people group, wanting to live life and avoid fights and avoid wars, but in a lot of ways, they're unavoidable. And then the choice began, what are the rules within a fight? What's the standard within a fight? And how do you know if it's just or justifiable, who's right and who's wrong? And I find that we need to actually dig a little bit deeper on the subject matter, simple because we're in a world that's in turmoil, a world that's in war and rumors of war and stress. And at any moment, this could turn into World War III. At any moment. But we don't know how to think about it. We don't know how to speak about it. And we have this ideology sometimes that here's the most right people with the most righteous position that can give the greatest level of retaliation without uh, being considered wrong. And we want to really look at what the Bible says and how we ought to really fight and wage war. Now, some of you didn't grow up in a violent city like me, so you're a nonviolent person. Now, I love nonviolent people. We need them to make the world function. However, there are violent people in the world. Again, I've said it many times, my sins weren't sex, drinking, drugs, carousing, but I was a brawler. So, you know, as I'm telling these stories, I just want you to know that I have to make sure I'm not telling them, Pastor Philip, in a way that brings enjoyment to past sins. I'd be careful. Thank you. And I want you to feel free when you're on that mic uh, and, you, and you're talking. I, you, you just let y'all know he gets to preach with me uh, tonight. We're going to have fun. All right. Uh, let's go to Second Corinthians 10. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Though we are normal, though we are just like other people, though we are in a world that's litigious and full of conflict, when we go to fighting and we go to warring, we don't do it the same way that people who don't know Christ do it. In fact, but what we do know 
is that we will war. What you do know is that you will fight. And we do know that Paul is not just speaking to anybody. He's speaking to Corinthian believers who have a conflict with him. They don't like his authority, his authority structure. In fact, they challenge his apostleship and his spiritual authority. A lot of fights come down to power struggles. Who's really in control? No one really wants to be controlled. And if a boss or anybody exercises any level of control in your life, there's something, the little light that goes off. And I think it goes red and you just get mad. Even though somebody has the right to tell you what to do, we don't like it. Don't exercise authority over me. That's why this generation is full of entrepreneurs. (laughs) They don't want bosses. God bless all the generations. But they don't want bosses. <laughs> you don't understand authority structure. Though we're in the flesh, Paul is a normal man. I'll be talking about him on Sunday. Paul had tendencies much like me. He had a lifestyle where when somebody got wrong with him, Paul said, what's up? What you mean who's right? I'll fight you. I'll knock you out. Okay, and I'll do it for Christ. When people... And, 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 and again, for those of you who don't know my story, you know, I had this spirit. I understand this spirit. The way I used to witness the people on campus was to walk up to them and say, do you know Jesus? They say, no. I said, do you want to know Jesus? They say, no. And I would literally grab them like this. You want to go to hell? Huh? You want to go to hell? And they said, well, no. Well, you need to go to hell. And, I, and I, I did. I was known for it. And I, I, the only time I really knew I had a problem is one time I was walking on campus and some girls see me this and I said hi and they ran the other way. <laughs> There's a disposition you can have this wrong. But Paul was in his flesh. He wasn't going through a fake uh, problems or challenges that they were real and in the particular society that he was in they could end in beatings it could end in stonings it could end in crucifixions it could end in all manner of violence against you they had a problem with him and he's given theology though I, I walk in the flesh and I feel the hate coming to me I feel the discord coming to me I feel the conflict and all. I still feel my, my flesh rising up. But though I walk in the flesh, I don't, I don't fight like other people fight. I don't put up my dukes. I don't curse you out. I don't go back at you. I don't say, oh, oh, you did this to me. I'm going to do this to you. I don't do it like that. How many of us as we went to our marriages? How many times have I put my foot in that bucket? Something starts off and the conversation in your marriage goes just a little too high and then you get high. Or you get, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on? Now all of a sudden somebody you in love with you in a fight with. God get any amen from some people that's honest in their marriage. Come on. I know laymans, you guys are angels. God bless. God bless. I've never seen them sin in my life. (laughs) I love Rick. It's true. So he's in the flesh is what I want you to understand. Him being in the flesh is not just understanding the flesh tendencies and weaknesses. He's also in the flesh understanding his strength in the spirit. And because he understands his strength in the spirit, 
he knows to engage in a fight in his flesh is to be abusive. You got, okay, y'all didn't hear that. He knows to engage in a fight in his flesh is to be abusive because he's too strong to fight people that's weak. So that's why he's not fighting them and cursing them. He's philosophizing and he's theologizing, Pastor Philip. So how do you know if you're walking in the flesh? When you're walking in the flesh, you didn't kill the flesh. The Bible says that we're to mortify or kill the flesh. That means when we talk about our ministry, you need to wake up every morning and you need to crucify your flesh, your carnal mind, your sin nature, your ideology independent of the word of God and the word ways of God in the will of God. You need to kill that. If you go out into the world thinking like your old man thinks instead of how your new man thinks, you're going to be in a fight, but it won't be in the spirit. It will be in the flesh. I'm most triggered when I didn't kill my flesh. What'd you say? What's going on? what they do? Somebody cut you off, say the wrong thing, and God bless the bill collector people. In my, my, I, and I, I, I've never been shamed myself to my son listen to me talk one day to the telemarketer people. Pastor Philip, I'm ashamed. I wasn't ashamed until I saw somebody witnessing what I was saying. You know, I could have said, you know, just put me on your do not call list. But no, I got to go extra. Now, I told the last 10 people, don't call here no more. Put, why am I feeding my flesh? So you're walking in the flesh when you didn't, when you didn't kill it, when you didn't wake up and kill it every day. You're walking in the flesh when you don't walk in the light. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is light, we'll have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus will purify us. Do you walk in the darkness or do you walk in the light? Do you actually tell yourself the truth or do you get dressed in the dark? Some people don't want to look at the parts of themselves that they don't like and so they never address the issues that they see. They just avoid them. You have to walk in the light. Telling you, you can't expect, uh, they were saying in our life group today, the first thing that leaves in a war is the truth. Did I say that right, Vic? The first thing that leaves in a war is the truth. <laughs> so in order to walk in the, in, in the spirit and not the flesh, you've got to stay in close contact with the truth. Y'all say amen a little bit every now and then, you know. I'm, I'm feeling good. So don't bring me down. I'll, I'll, I'm going to bring you up. Don't bring me down. Like get some amens going. All right. You don't have to amen if you don't want to, but it is fun to hear some. Okay. Walk in the light. When you, when you don't walk in the spirit, you're walking in the flesh. Jesus was full of the spirit and then led by the spirit. The Bible says if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible says the spirit will lead you and guide you into every truth you need to know. Do you have an active relationship with God, the Holy Spirit? 
Are you engaging him or are you leading you? Do you let God set your morning or are you setting your morning? So you got to kill the flesh. You got to look at the truth so you can walk in the light. And you've got to be led by God, the Holy Spirit, in order to kill your flesh. Here's one more to kill, kill your flesh. Y'all like these flesh killers? Okay, flesh killers. <laughs> happens when you, walking in the flesh happens when you don't walk circumspectively. The Bible commands you to walk circumspectively. That means to walking with an acute awareness of the consequences of your actions. There are consequences. When you do what is wrong, you, you will get, you will get a, a the, the, here's like the, the scripture says, the wages of sin is death. So sin has a wage. So when you walk circumspect, you walk aware that when you sin, you, you, you have to pay. It's, I know that we sin in private and we think that there's no penalty. There is always, whether it's in private or public. Let me talk to the wall because y'all not returning. Whether it's in private or public. There is consequences, payments, and wages for sin. Walk circumspectively, aware. You know, oh, that that that, that can get me in trouble. That that can get me in trouble. That can, okay, this is this is okay. That's what, you you walk with awareness. Praise him. When you say, when I say you're being fleshly minded or carnally minded. It means you're absent of Holy Spirit direction. Your base nature, the part of you that resists and hates God is alive and active. Flesh is your old man and your older mannerisms that are attached to your new man that you can't get rid of, Pastor Philip. The flesh is the voice inside you saying, it's okay for you to do what you want to do when you want to do it, how you want to do it. It tells you, you all right? Everybody else doing it? You're fine. <laughs> when you're caught in the carnal way of thinking, you're manipulative, you're deceitful, you're frustrated, and you don't fight fair. Because Fighting any believer is a non is an unfair fight. It's where you have not firmly evaluated what your strength is and is not. When someone does something wrong to me, uh, it was a, a guy on our football team, Pastor Philip, who had um, uh, he's a football player. And he got in a, a little argument with a student. And he decked the school student and knocked him unconscious into, into a coma for three weeks. Mm. One, one hit. Because no matter what that student was saying to him, his response was gratuitous because his strength is enormous. His strength is not... Uh, athletes, I, I want to tell you, even as a former athlete, I am enormously strong. 
I can to this day bench press a lot of weight. I can move a lot. Of, I'm enormously strong. It's unfair for me to almost fight anybody because I'm a winner from my mentality because I'll, I'll do anything to win. You don't fight me. I, I choose not to fight because I'm willing to go all the way. That's why I can't get into that sin. My family has a commitment not to tell me if something goes wrong in their life. Like if somebody did something to my wife, she ain't going to tell me. It'd be like six months later. You know something happened to me. You got to know how to possess your vessel to sanctification and honor. Yeah, I can't know stuff. Got to know yourself. Remember, why do I know that? Because I'm willing to look at the truth about me. Something's stalking you, whether you want to deal with it or not. Could be lying, could be lust, could be, I don't know what your thing is. I'm talking about my thing. That I got to get up and crucify. I got to get up and deal with. What is your thing you've got to deal with? Because to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritual minded is life and peace. So it is criminal for the people who are strong. Here, I say the scripture. We who are strong, Pastor Philip, what does the scripture say? Bear with the failings of the, of the weak. Bear with the failings or the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. God said, when you are strong, I want you to deal with weak people. Carefully. Don't dispute with them, he says. Don't argue with them, he says. So, my mom says, if somebody hits you when I was raised, am I going too slow, by the way? Okay, good. Somebody hits you, you she said you can hit them back. But that 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 though I think that she was being helping helping me in a rough city, it needed more that needed more context. Because I remember sometimes someone weaker than me hitting me and me feeling justified in beating them. And I knew it was wrong because I had something on the inside, God on the inside saying, that was wrong. Because we're designed with God's law and his love written on our heart not to retaliate. Walking in the spirit, Pastor Philip, versus the flesh says, if I slapped you, what would you do? I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. (laughs) (laughs) He's supposed to turn the other cheek. I, like him, would probably think about it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, help us, God. But what is this our God tells us? You, you know, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that, that hate you and despitefully use you, that you become called sons of God. He's not ignorant of what we go through. Walk. In the spirit, you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. So when you fight, it is necessary to fight fair. Fighting fair means you have to be aware of your strengths. You have to be aware of your ability to annihilate. Now, I know there's a lot of opinions about the war. And from moment to moment, I might just bring it up. You have something that we all would say is 100% evil. But, but I hear on the news that any response is a justifiable response, which is not true. But, the, but to have a response is right and righteous. What a conflict. Fight fair. 
None of us is God. All of us have a virus on the inside called the flesh. We don't think about it right. In fact, when I'm offended, I'm blind to what is right sometimes and what is fair. When I'm walking in the spirit versus the flesh, I'm praying stuff like, not my will, your will be done. I'm blessing my enemy and loving my enemy. Now, what sense does that make to love somebody that just cursed you? That don't make sense. But when you walk in the flesh, it don't make sense. When you're walking in the spirit, it does make sense. Last I checked, Pastor Philip, I like talking to you. Last I checked, if you can finish, you can finish it. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes, we are healed. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and the sheep before his shears the dump. And yet he did not open his mouth. Didn't say nothing. Now, I don't know what kind of God this is. Because I have to tell you the truth that I just wish I was like him. And I can already tell you my flesh is alive. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to have to kill this guy. Because he doesn't think like Christ. Let's go to that next uh, Verse uh, four. Is this helping anybody? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments. No, 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 no. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy. God's not going to give you a fleshly weapon. How many times have I heard people post something, write something, and say God told them to say it, and it's opposed, and it's an opposition to his word. You did not get that post from God. He don't talk like that. And then when you read the scriptures of how he talk, it looked foreign. Well, what's that? that's the ancient text. Where's the new stuff? The weapons of our warfare are not going to bring harm. Why? Because love works no ill to its brother. You consider them who are bound as being bound with them. Have we not a savior who could be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because we should be touched with other people's infirmities? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to God, to the pulling down of strongholds. So what are our weapons? Well, prayer to me is a weapon. I'm so sick of, of, this is a real good statement I get all the time. Well, I've tried everything, Pastor James. I'm just coming to you for prayer now. Like, like we did everything. Wow. We're gonna pray now. Wow. Wow. It's like prayer is the last thing we do instead of the first thing. So if it's a list of ten items that you could do to solve the problem, we do nine of them first, and then we pray. Prayer is your first choice. 
But Ephesians 6 and Pastor Philip, you call them out because I know you know them by heart. Ephesians 6, you call out them weapons and then I'll preach about them. So we got the sword of the spirit. You have the sword of the spirit. The Bible says the word is, is quick and it is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing to the piercing of sunder, the soul and the spirit and the joint and the marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. You're not going to think straight unless you got the word. You're not going to be able to separate your thoughts from God's thoughts if you don't have the the word. You're not going to get to the heart of the matter or the real matter if you don't get to the word. And if you have no relationship with the word, you have no weapons that you can use in this world to be effective for God in this world you need the word the word that's a lamp unto your feet the word that's a guide unto your path the word is surgical and yet it's 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 a real weapon that means with the Bible says, you have the power, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth should be already loose in heaven. You've got this authority. That's why it's unfair for you to fight people. You're too strong. You didn't show up to the fight as a weakling. Now, who, not really. Who was disadvantaged, the giant or David? Let's talk about it. Who was really disadvantaged in that fight? Huh? I hear it's a mixed crowd. So let me tell you who. The guy with the knife, there was a big guy with a big knife, could not beat the small guy with a pistol. He had a sling that he knew how to use. One shot he hit him. David said, you come with me as sword and spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. The giant was disadvantaged. You need to fight fair. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't wage war after the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but mighty to God to the pulling down the strongholds. What's another weapon? Belt of truth. The belt of truth. What holds everything together is the truth. And remember, I told you, if you don't constantly look into the perfect law of God and let it reflect back to you what the truth is, you won't know what it is. The job of the church is to be the pillar that holds forth the truth. Our job is to elevate the truth. He is the spirit of truth. Everything God says is true. Sometimes people state facts, but facts aren't the truth. Facts can be uh, uh, quantifiable statements, but they are not the truth. The fact can be that your body is sick, but the truth is by his stripes you are already healed. See, it can feel like the enemy is coming and he's winning, but the, 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 the truth is no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, that promise is too big. You're advantaged. Why are you walking around disadvantaged? Give me another weapon. Breastplate of righteousness. It's not your righteousness. This is so fun, Pastor Philip. I just want to carry you wherever I go. You're not coming in your own righteousness. 
The Bible says your righteousness is as filthy rags. Your righteousness comes to there's none righteous but him. So you're being clothed with his righteousness, the just for the unjust. We are the righteous. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God and is his righteousness. That's why it's irrevocable. That's why it's unchangeable. That's why it's stable. That's why you can count on it. That's how you get eternal life. This is what you need to be clothed with. And when you know who you are and where you're going and the God you serve, you stand bold because the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no man pursues them. Hamas will flee. And every wicked person will flee when righteous people stand up. And let me tell you what's really going on. Who was that? Pastor Pillar, just preach this part because I, I just, uh, you might have it. Was it Elijah that led the whole army blind? Elisha. That was Elisha. I believe so. The whole army that came against Israel was blinded by one man. Then that man, this is awesome, walked them back to the camp, sat them down, fed them. Gave me sight back and said, now y'all go back. You don't jump when we fighting God. Does that sound like a fair fight? No, that sounds like a fixed fight. Any more weapons? The gospel shoes. Now this is the most neglected weapon in all of Christendom today. Number one fear of people is public speaking. And the number one thing we call is to preach the gospel. And the thing that we're not willing to do every day of our life is preach it. Who told you and me that we didn't have to have feet prepared every day you get up to walk that gospel to somebody who needs it? Who told you that the enemy across from you didn't need the gospel? I just sat across from a man today acting like an enemy of God. And I said, I, I have good news. I got, I got bad news for you. I said, you should parachute out of this conversation unless you want to hear where your life is headed and what God's got to do to solve it. He wanted to keep going. So I just read it. I just read the Holy Ghost riot gospel act to him. I took him to the bad news so that he could make the good news really good. People, if we preach the gospel, will cry out for relief. God has chosen through the foolishness of preaching to save. So then why aren't we preaching? No, we somewhere. <laughs> and, and here's why you, you should have done this and you should have done that. And it, why are you talking to sinners like they saints? And why are you talking to baby Christians like they mature? Stop talking. You start using your weapons. Preach the gospel to them. Say, stop he said, well, we, 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 we don't live like other men without hope. We got hope in Christ. We carry the gospel. Every day that I've got the gospel, I got the number one weapon against everything that you come because God will make power available for the gospel. How do I know? He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Who told you you were weak because you were a Christian? Who told you you had to be pushed around? Paul is trying to be pushed around by people who are weak and immature. And he's just telling them, look, I don't fight like that. I don't fight like that. I don't do it like that. But you know I can. But I choose not to. 
fight fair, but fight with the right stuff ends the fight immediately. Fighting with the right stuff ends the fight when? How do you know? Because a stronghold, what, go back, to, read the part that says stronghold. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Okay, write this definition down for y'all who not writing. You ain't going to remember it. I'm going to give you a definition of a stronghold. A stronghold is a demonically, fleshly, or worldly induced thought that you believe and it brings you into captivity. A stronghold is a demonically, fleshly, or worldly induced thought that you believe and it brings you into captivity. God said, I could tear all that down. I got all the stuff. I got all the stuff. I've got all the belt, the truth. I got the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. That means even if he's spewing hate and I'm carrying the gospel, I'm safe. Verse 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Let's just stop. Ooh, there's so much. I don't even have time. We destroy arguments. You don't destroy arguments by arguing. I know that's what you want to do. Now, I'm a good, I'm a Detroiter, so I'm a good arguer. It's almost a sport, you know, to argue with people. But I don't argue. I level arguments. I end arguments. I might drop. I, I, I speak his word. His word levels mountains. His word changes DNA. His word is where light comes from and sound waves come from. All of the material that makes all of the stuff. His word is powerful. Lofty opinions. Oh, how I'm tired of the news. And I don't really care, you know, because I, I try to alternate. A little regular news, a little network news, CNBC, NSBC, a little Fox, a CBN, you know, uh, CNN, and I find that the same devil <laughs> rests in them all. Yeah. None of them quoting scripture. Right. Right. What's that they do? You know, the, the hospital that just got bombed? And the Israel done bombed the hospital. But the video evidence has proven that it, it wasn't in Israel. It was a stray missile from Hamas. Nobody intended to hit the hospital. But somehow we listen to lofty opinions more than the word and more than truth. But the Bible said we destroy them 
How do you destroy it? That's off. That's wrong. How, how do I know that? Because he says, um, it says this, it says, against the not, and we take every thought captive. So this is what it looks like. We stop somebody. Hold on. What you just said is demonic. What you just said is fleshly. What you just said is worldly. And we capture the off thing by juxtaposition with the truth. And then we, we capture it with the truth and we cast the thought down. No, you fighting now. You bringing everything into the obedience of Christ. Now you might be saying, I don't, you know, God is slow. I'm going to do some of what he says, but you know, he gives me some freedom to do some stuff I think. What I have to say to you is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Read that real quick, Pastor Philip. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Let me, I'm going to get it right. I'm gonna get he, it right. He, was, he was quoting that. I appeal that that's to, a walking Bible right I there. appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Stop acting like them. Stop fighting like them and start fighting and living like him. Don't be conformed to this world. It doesn't think like God. It's enmity with God. It hates God. Your flesh hates God. The world hates God. The devil hates God. Stop giving them a voice and a place. The Bible says give no place to the devil. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't come under submission to this world. Don't come under the authority of this world. Don't lose your strength or your inheritance or your identity to this world, but be transformed by that renewing of your mind that you might prove it is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And his will is that you prosper. His will is that you be strong. His will is that you say surrender to him and don't walk in the flesh, but start walking in the spirit that your weapon of your warfare is not carnal but it's mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold. His will is that you fight and you win. Fight fair, fight with his weapons, and fight and win. When you fight his way. What's the problem then? The problem is we forget who we are. And let me end with reminding us who we are. First, Man, this should be Sunday's message. I mean, I got another one, but Pastor Philip, I'm telling you right now, it's feeling good right now. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. We'll end with this. And this is, this is, this is how we should be. This is, this is what's going to end this fight inside of you and I, resisting God and his nature. Read. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you understand that, that you're not just a flesh person? You're somebody who God's spirit dwells on the inside of it again. You are born again. 
you are, he not just indwells you, he infills you. Read. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Therefore. So glorify God in your body. You and me are not our own. We've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body, with your flesh. Glorify God by fighting fair. Glorify God with fighting with the stuff that he gives you. Fight to win. Glorify God by knowing that you don't own your mind. You don't own your body. You don't own your spirit. You don't own your time. You don't own your dreams. You don't own your visions. There's something called the sovereignty of God and the will of God. And until you surrender to it, until you just embrace it, you will be fighting against God instead of fighting for and with him. The problem in this world is that the believers don't believe what they should be doing. Why are you talking like, well, 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 you know, Hamas is, is, is wrong. Yeah, they lost. Crazy. Israel ain't accepting Christ. Stop giving any man more credence and credit then God, you know, I'm going to end with one scripture. I, 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 this wasn't on the list, but I'm going to dial this up. I'm going to just dial this up. I'm going to let this speak to your spirit to show you how you got to think differently so you can fight correctly. Romans 9. We'll read nine verses. I'll try not to interrupt you. Just let them speak to you, and then I, maybe I won't interrupt. Maybe I'm going to turn my mic off. Starting with verse 1. Romans 9. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. They are the Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to their flesh, that is, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. So, just so you're saying, Paul is acknowledging that Israel has brought a great spiritual inheritance to the world, and they should always be honored for that. That's what he's doing. But read. Verse 6, but it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all who are children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. But don't let everybody fool you, because they keep saying they Israel just because they was born there or born in a certain ethnic group. He said, that ain't how I count. Read. Verse 8, this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For you, this you, you need to understand. Don't get caught up in, in fleshly ideology. I'm Israel because I'm of Christ. I'm of the promise. You're Israel. You're Christ. You're of the promise. But there are other people who say they're Israel, but it's of the flesh. Not the promise. Read. 
For this is what the promise said, about this time next year I will return and Sarah will have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had not done anything either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls. The reason God, two people, he's trying to prove to you that it's not a natural birthright. He's saying, look, I chose Jacob before, and I didn't choose Esau. Based on my sovereignty, I chose that. But both of them could say they were from Abraham. But only one could say they were the promise of who the Savior was coming through. Read. Verse 12, she was told, the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. Stop. Let's just stop. Fight the right fight, not the wrong one. The way you fight the right fight is stay in the Bible. And if you're not sure, have little or nothing to say. Stand to your feet. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me in such a special way. That's why I'll praise you. I'll lift you up and I'll magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. Let's see if you know the next verse. My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. You paid the price for me way back on Calvary. That's why I'll praise you. I'll lift you up and I'll magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. Raise your hands. Say, Lord, forgive me for not thinking like you, acting like you, and fighting like you. Forgive me for conforming to the world, my flesh, and demonic influences. Purge me, wash me, transform me, renew me, give me a desire to fight fair. Give me a desire to fight with the right weapons. And give me a fight that I win. Lord, bless this world with your gospel and with your peace. God, as we leave this place, we pray you will go with us. Keep us in the center of your will. And that's the apple of your eye. And we'll give you praise for all things in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen, amen, Amen. glory to God.